Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Big night. Recording this on Thursday. You know, getting out ahead of the game, you know. Um, recording on Thursday, coming out on Friday. But, you know, after the games tonight, you know, get right into it. Big show recapping uh, the New Orleans matchups for both uh, men's and women's basketball. Great interview. We finally give the cheer team our national champions the respect, the recognition they deserve. Catherine Lawrence, the spirit coordinator, basically the head coach of Southeastern Cheer, is our guest today on today's show. Uh, really cool interview, kind of, you know, insightful, you know, talking about um, how this national championship cheer works uh because there's feels like everyone is in a different division um so she, we kind of explain that talk about you know growing the program all that good stuff um and then finally you know we've been waiting a year for this with cole kelly finally going and getting his opportunity you know he had his opportunity in washington but like this this feels good, you know. So anyway, big show. Uh, we'll start with the uh, on the basketball side, on the basketball side, uh, starting with women's basketball, sixty nine fifty one, big time win, and it feels like this is the kind of win that, you know, this team is at their best. They've now won three in a row after the loss to UIW, which was bad, really bad loss. I think that. This team is now playing its best basketball. 69-51, they win the first quarter by 12, going to halftime up nine, win 69-51. Haley Giartano was sensational. Nine of 17 from the field, career-high 24 points, which is surprising that it's only 24. I, I feel like Haley would have had like a weird 30-point game in there somewhere, but 24, that's the new career-high for Haley. She was fantastic. Natalie Kelly has turned into a really good player 12 rebounds for Natalie that ties her season high Alexis Horn she was in double figures with 13 just a good all-around night we shoot 48 percent from the field and 30 percent from deep on the other side UNO a team that has always been really really good really competitive um they are not they are not they can't shoot I mean, it was, uh, that is a well-coached team. That is a really hard fighting team. This, this UNO team was not good. They shoot just 30%, 17 of 55. They only took 12 threes and made three of them. Two players in double figures accounted for nearly half their points. Pryor and Ross score 25. The rest of the team Scored 26 combined. That's not winning basketball, uh, but we'll take it. But, man, that was – I mean, it was – look, we did what we needed to do tonight. And if you're listening to this on Friday, which you are because that's when I'm posting it, we did what we needed to do against UNO. But, like I said, I mean, I am extremely optimistic about this team – moving forward because we get this UNO team again. I don't love that we're playing them back to back like this, but, and because I'm saying this, you know, it'll probably bite me, but 
I'm not worried about this team. There was nothing tonight about this UNO team that worries me. They are now three and 14. They've beaten Lamar by 14 who beat us. That's crazy. They beat Northwestern state by 11 coming into tonight. And then um, they beat South Alabama who we beat South Alabama too. They've got some quality wins. The three wins they have, I, I thought it was going to be like an NAIA school. It's three D1 wins, and then they just lose. I don't know. Maybe there's something I'm missing about UNO women's basketball, but we, we did what we needed to do tonight. That's win over UNO. On the men's side, that one was not as easy, but we got it done, and – while I said that the women are playing their best basketball, I don't think we've gotten there yet on the men's side. I don't think we're there on the men's side yet, but we're getting there. As I'm pulling up the, uh, the Northwestern State game here, they're up 20 on Houston Christian right now. Um, Southeastern 92, UNO 87. We scored 60 in the second half. Nick Caldwell, career high 28. I think Nick is the best off-ball mover in the league. All It seemed like all his points tonight were coming from just movement off the ball, not even necessarily screens. He was just moving and people were finding him. And that felt like almost all of our field goals were like that. Both teams shot over 50% from the field. We shot over 50% from three. UNO shot 47%. They out-rebounded us by seven. But like I said, Nick Caldwell was phenomenal in this one. 28 points. Man, did some people score. Roger McFarland scored 17. So did Boogie Anderson. Alec Woodard scored 12. Everyone who played, we only had two bench players tonight, which is crazy. Scored. We were, you know, this is this is a type of game where if you know you're injured, they've got one more sub than we did. Um, we were short tonight, man, and we got it done. And it was the Nick Caldwell show. 28 and 8 for Nick. Roscoe was one point shy of a double double with assists. He had 10 assists, nine points. Unreal. The rest of the team had less than 10. One for Matt Strange, three for Alec Woodard, three for Boogie, and one for uh, Roger McFarlane. So one, four, seven, eight combined. The rest of the team. And then uh, uh, Roscoe had 10 by himself, which is fantastic. It's the same type deal with uh, us playing UNO again on Saturday. Now this game does concern me because UNO got out to a big lead. UNO had a lead in the second half and we made plays when we needed to. We hit some big shots. We forced some big turnovers. Boogie Anderson did a great job getting to the rim in this one. Like I said, Nick did a great job moving off the ball. But the problem is, is when you play this team back to back, I would be shocked if Nick gets to 20 points 
on Saturday, the same way that he got to 20 tonight, which was a lot of open looks near the basket. The UNO coaching staff is really good. I do not think they're going to let Nick Caldwell beat them at the basket. I think they're going to force us to shoot threes. And tonight we shot the three really well. Do I see that happening again in terms of us being able to just get to the rim? No, we're going to have to shoot. We're going to have to make threes. If they give us the open look near the rim, great. I just don't see it happening. I think they're going to play soft. I think they're going to take cut lanes away because we scored 92 on them tonight. Um, And we needed all 92 because we gave up 87. We need to play better defensively on Saturday, and we need to find different ways to score the ball on Saturday, which I think we can. Um, Depends on who's healthy. We only have one day before that. you know, we'll, we'll see if uh, either of the, the PC's brothers will play. From what I've heard, um, Brody Roberry is, is, or Burry is close. Um, so that would be a big help. But, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see if we have the same seven. And, um, but it was a good win. And we've had a few of these, you know, the Northwestern loss was really tough, but this is a good bounce back. So now you check uh, the conference standings before we head into the weekend. The women are still one game back of first place, which is commerce. If uh, we wind up tying commerce at the end, we win the tiebreaker. We share the conference title, but we would get the one seed in the tournament. So, We are tied with, um, or Corpus Christi. That's who I meant. Corpus Christi is at seven and one. We are tied with Commerce at six and two, but we are really second because we have the win over Commerce. McNeese has won four in a row after a one and three start. They are five and three. And then, you know, everybody else is kind of middle of the road. So I think it's really a, I think honestly, it's a three-team race. I don't think McNeese will stay where they're at because they've only gone two and eight on the road. They're not a good road team. Corpus Christi worries me because they are above 500, both at home and and on the road. Commerce, uh, like I talked about last episode, I think they're a a really good first-year Division I team. Um, They got to be better on the road. They've now lost two in a row, and I think that they're kind of fading now. So maybe a three-team race, probably a two-team race for that uh, number one seed. And then um, on the men's side, we are now, as I pull it up, we are now in sole possession of first place. We get the win to move to six and two. Corpus Christi beats Nichols, so that puts Nichols down to five and three. Corpus Christi is now five and three, and we own the tiebreaker over Corpus Christi. So it's a game up, and we own the tiebreaker over them. The issue would be Nichols. Nichols owns the tiebreaker over us at the moment. Um, and then Commerce is five and three, but we own the tiebreaker over them. So then uh, on Saturday, if we win, obviously we, you know, we control our own destiny from here. A ton of basketball left, but we control our own destiny. Um, Corpus Christi will play McNeese. Lamar will play Northwestern. Nichols will play UIW and Commerce plays Houston Christian. You've got to believe that that's chalk. Corpus Christi should really handle McNeese at home. Northwestern is playing really well. They destroyed McNeese tonight. Wow. Uh, yeah, or uh, Houston Christian. They destroyed Houston Christian. UIW is beating McNeese with 11 seconds left. 
at the time of me talking, but Northwestern state destroyed Houston Christian uh, Nichols is got um, incarnate word. That one's tricky. That could be the one where I see maybe there's an upset because UIW is starting to play a little bit better. Um, and then I think commerce will, will roll over uh, Houston Christian. So that's what we got. We control our own destiny. Um, and even if we lose, we've now given ourselves a bit of, um, you know, slack. Uh, but man, that Northwestern game, if we would have had that, we'd be two games up right now with, uh, with a little over a month left in the season. Anyway, so that's, that's the basketball recap tonight. And uh, before we get into our interview, I am super, 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 super excited. Um, you know, when I started this, um, you know, it, it, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, you know, having a full-time job to go along with this, but um, I'm so thankful for the people who have supported the show, everybody who listens to it, everybody who follows us on Twitter and Instagram and, and uh, you know, watches on YouTube. It means a ton. Um, but I also want to thank our first ever sponsor, our first ever sponsor. They are sponsoring our interview with Catherine Lawrence today. Wise Guys Daiquiris, Wise Guys Daiquiris, our first sponsor on the state of Southeastern. A huge thanks to Wise Guys. Flavor of the month right now, guys, is King Cake at Wise Guys. It's available at both locations. So let's say, you know, you're not in Hammond, but you, you, you want the King Cake daiquiri, don't worry. They got you covered over there at Wise Guys. I mean, they've got the, the key lime pie, the chocolate chip cookie dough. It's whatever you want. You can choose... Four flavors for an $11 daiquiri flight. And you got your locations in Hammond and a meat. Doesn't matter where you go. Wise Guys has you covered. And don't forget about the daiquiri specials. Mondays and Wednesdays, you get 375, 16 ounce, 650 large and a 925 extra large. Tuesdays and Thursdays, two for one daiquiris. And $11 half gallons. And then on Saturdays and Sundays on the weekends, this Saturday when you're watching the Lions beat UNO, you get the $21 gallon. You can get the $28 party pack that includes a gallon of daiquiris, eight jello shots, and eight cherry bombs. They are open seven days a week in Hammond. They open at 11. They're open Monday through Friday in a meet. They're open uh, Saturday at 11. They're closed on Sundays in a meet. But Wise Guys Daiquiris, the best out there. Huge thanks to Wise Guys. We love you guys. You're the best. Check out the flavor of the month, all right? King cake. Wise Guys Daiquiris, they'll make you a daiquiri you can't refuse. If you're listening to the show on... Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're about to go into our interview with Catherine Lawrence. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to go watch that video. Get out of this video, go watch that video. Here is our interview with Catherine Lawrence, brought to you by Wise Guys Daiquiris. All right, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, please subscribe. We are now... Very pleased to be joined by the newest national champion head coach at Southeastern, Catherine Lawrence. Catherine, 
first of all, congratulations and thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having us and thinking about us. Of course, of course. You know, I was saying we don't get to have many national championship celebrations around here. So whenever we do, we got to take advantage of it. So um, I want to start just talking about the sport as a whole, and then we'll get into specifics because I feel like there's a lot of logistics that go into explaining national championship cheer. There's so many different divisions. Where does Southeastern fit into the grand scheme of things? And that was not the only championship you guys won. You finished top three in another one. So kind of explain all that. So we compete in two different divisions within the UCA realm. Um, we go into a division one small co-ed. Um, so we compete against other FCS schools that are smaller co-ed teams, which means we get to put four guys on the mat and then 16 girls. So within them combining, they create the small co-ed division. Um, and then we go into our game day, which is kind of like what we do on the every, every Saturday night in Strawberry Stadium, all combined into a routine. Um, and we can compete. It's open co-ed. So we compete against any teams who want to put the amount of guys that we can on the mat um, mm -hmm. within it being FCS, uh, junior colleges, uh, community college, just kind of, it kind of goes off the numbers of um, males to female ratio that you have. So uh, we competed in that. And that's the one that we won. That's the, that's yeah. the one we took home the gold in. Um, but we compete both of those every year. Um, so the game day is a newer routine. So we call mm -hmm. the other one, our traditional routine. That's the older old school, they've been doing that for years, but the game day is still kind of new. Now, is there like a division that is say the SEC of, of competitive cheer? Which one is that? Who took that home this year? So that's division one A. So that's okay. considered all of your um, FBS teams. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, I believe that went home with USF for the traditional routine. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. And I'd really, it's such a long and um, busy. Oh, I bet. You, I you bet. don't realize who all is winning what or what placement everybody's in. It's hard to keep yeah. up with my own. So, um, <laughs> but I, I, I believe they brought home the, the big one from D1A. Um, now D1A all girl, I can't tell you who won that one. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. So um, when you're there, it sounds like you're not even able to really look at the other teams as much as you're just focused on yourself. Because I feel like whenever we were in high school, you know, and, and the high school teams would go to Disney and they, you know, it was a very, we're going to watch everybody. That's not the experience at the college level. No, it's especially when we have um, our dance team competing the same time as us, our goal mm -hmm. is to be able to support them and they yeah. support us when we go out onto the mat. So when we look at our day, it's not just looking at, okay, what time do we go practice and compete, but what time do, do our lionettes go compete and what time do they come off so we can welcome, you know, give them the big hurrah of good job. Um, so we constantly run from venue to venue to support them or in return compete ourselves. So it is, uh, you don't really get to look at your division. You don't really get to watch who is competing against you. Your main goal is you're going to put your best out there. And if it's the best, then you get the trophy at the end of the day, you know? Um, you don't really get to plan, oh, well, they're doing this and now we're going to, we're going to try right. it. It's all, it's all pre-planned. When you are heading there, what year is this for you at Southeastern? Um, I have been coaching since 2015, but I've been okay. in the spirit director position since 2018. So 
I've been kind of in charge of both groups as far as traveling and getting them to where they need to go since then. But uh, as coaching, I've been in, been in the, the role. So since. is this the first time that you, do you kind of go into the weekend saying, all right, we've got a good shot or do you just, like you said, do you just put what you have out there? And if the chips fall the way you want them to, then, you know, you, that's you great. Kinda, you kind of go off your skill level. So this year, this has been, the most talented team for cheer to come through Southeastern ever. I mean, for, for what I know, and I cheered here for four years and then I started coaching. So like since 2010, this has been the most talented team to come through Southeastern. Um, so I kind of in July was like, Oh my goodness, what am I going to do with this group for nationals? This team is just so talented. Um, I was excited and, and I knew going into this weekend, we were going to come home with at least one, you know, at least mm -hmm. one national championship. I just knew that this team worked so hard and they, they knew what it took and they did everything it took to get that job done. So um, I definitely, I was uh, confident and we were bringing home one. I was hoping for that second one, but you know, cards didn't fall in our favor that time. Um, so how does somebody get into coaching cheerleading because I assume you don't arrive as a freshman saying this is what I'm going to do with my life how right. did you end up in that position um well I, I loved cheer I did mm -hmm. and when I was cheering here I started coaching a local high school St. Thomas Aquinas mm -hmm. and so I kind of got into that coaching role and the director of spirit at the time Paige Laparouse Hall um she, she pulled me back in and was like hey I, I want you to help out and that's when I started kind of helping out and I had plans to go into PA school and do something else with my life. Yeah. And, um, I just started coaching and I loved it. And then she was like, Hey, look, I'm looking to, I'm looking to get out of this role now. I'm ready to go be at home with my babies. And, uh, would this be something that you want to do? And it wasn't, honestly, it really wasn't what I wanted, but I took it and I'm glad I took it because it has been the best leap of faith that I ever took. Um, and it's been exciting. I get to, I, I love getting a new crew in and seeing what they have to offer me and what I can offer to them. You know, like I love that connection that I get to make every year. So it sounds like the foundation was set. This wasn't when you took it over, this was not something where you I had built. to build it from mm -hmm. the ground up. But what are some of the things that you, because if I'm correct, this is the first cheer national championship. That is correct. Well, it's our second. So, the first one we won was virtual. So we, we turned oh, it. Wow. Okay. Two. We had to, we had to um, compete virtually that COVID year. Um, yeah. So we won that year. Uh, but this was the first time that cheer has been in Orlando and been handed a trophy and crowned. Yeah. An athlete. Like, so no, it's not our first, but it was the first experience of that right. atmosphere. Um, so but, yeah, that goes back to my question. So what was the thing that I guess you instilled that got the program to where it is now? Obviously, you talked about the talent is is there. How do you get that talent? Uh, recruiting. Um, you know, it's hard to compete against LSU. LSU is right down the road. I cheered. I chose LSU my first year. So I understand that these kids have that dream. And we can't give them that big FBS game day atmosphere, obviously. But then you look, they go, You Louisiana is a state of cheer. I mean, all these high schools around here are winning national championships left and right. So you have all these talented kids that know what competing feels like and so that's kind of my realm is okay you can compete at LSU I'm I'm not going to knock them but you can win national championships in Southeastern you know yep. so if you want the game day atmosphere we can't compete and most of them they enjoy that game day atmosphere but they also are competitive that's why you cheer you compete 
Um, so I think that's our biggest pitch to them is, you know, you come here and you're able to compete. So I think that that's such a, like a great, not just for your program, but I think really across the board of Southeastern, it's that this, oh, yeah. it's this school that honestly, until you come here, people don't really know much about it, but then right. once you're here, you're going to be able to succeed. Right. Absolutely. I feel and, like when I get them in their first year, it's getting them to our national competition. And once they experience that competition with us, they're hooked. You know, it's like, okay, I can't, I'm, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay and I'm going to win again. You know, like, so that's always exciting is just, just wait until nationals, fill it out, get the, get the feel of wanting to win and competing. And then they, they stay around and it's awesome. Was there a part of your routine where once you nailed it, you said, okay, we got this in the bag. Was there a certain part? Um, so for our game day routine, it really just came down to the getting the first two elements, which is our fight song and our chant done because our timeout was just so much fun for them. So I knew that like, once they hit all the elements of the beginning half, it was just like, all right, now it's just a party on the mat. You just literally, we did it to crunk the, uh, half yeah. in the same and they, I mean, <laughs> they just sold it. And so I feel like as soon as you hear those whistles for crunk, it was like game over, you know? Um, but for our traditional routine, I, I always told them, I said, as soon as y'all get done with that cheer, that second half, which is another 45 seconds, uh, that was easy for them. So it was like, that's where they came to life. As soon as they knew that they hit that first part of it again, it was just getting through the end of it now. So you were in Orlando. I'm assuming you got to go to Disney world. Do you have, do you have a favorite Disney park or ride? Um, well, we went to uh, Hollywood Studios and we rode the uh, Toy Story Mania, which is the yep. one they shoot them. And I love mm -hmm. it because I'm a competitor. So I make it of a competition of, you know, of, I didn't win though. So it wasn't my favorite this time. It's tough. Um, it, it's tough. It is. And your arm yeah. gets so tired after shooting that thing. I know. I know. <laughs> you, it, it's, it's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it more is. people it, need to absolutely. understand that. Absolutely. <laughs> But no, now, we did that and we went to Epcot and called it a day. We only get one day in the park. So we're there for well, competition. Pick, they, get the, they get the day to celebrate for the winnings and the hard work because they only get Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. Like they don't get much off for wow. the break. So they earned that day. I think that there's um, a bit of a misconception when it comes to the cheer sports that you guys, and I, and I think that it's almost a cliche, you don't put in as much time, but um, it really seems like over the last few years, you guys have really put an emphasis on becoming a national brand, you know, a Southern power. Um, right. Could you just talk about kind of making um, that transition and, and, and kind of establishing, you know, especially to freshmen that come in, you know, this right. isn't just something you get to put on your resume. This is a true sport. Um, what has that been like for you? Um, it, it was, it was difficult at first to get them to understand that I, I preach to them game day is first. You are here to cheer for the university. That's your, that's your number one. We get to compete at the end of the day. And so I've, I've preached that for so long, but then at the end of the day, I need them to know that, but you're competing too. Like that is once finals ends, your priority now is competition. And you get mm -hmm. that one month to make that your priority and, and you have to buy in. And I think that um, the people who have come before the team, you know, every year, have continued to set the bar for what is expected to work as far as in inside of practice and outside of practice. 
and, and they keep the athletes now come to me and are trying to find, okay, where can we go practice now? And I'm like, well, we have practice that no, we want to practice again outside of practice, you know? And I think they are just continuing to set the bar that I don't have to set that these athletes come in and they're coming to school here and they get to try out to cheer. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a, um, it's not an NCAA sport where they're getting right. all this reward for being an athlete. Uh, they literally are here to compete and to go to school. So my kids are phenomenal. They do so much fundraising. They work so hard all year just to be able to go compete that one competition. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I get lucky every year. What, what went through your mind when you, when you hear Southeastern Louisiana university, did you feel like you guys had it or, you know, was it still a shock? Um, so coming out of semifinals, we were in first place and mm-hmm. we weren't shocked, but we were, uh, we, we knew we were going to be up there. We just didn't know how far up there we were going to be. And when the scores came back and we, there was like a three point point margin, that's when we were like, Oh my gosh, we're going to win this thing. We have to hit though. We got to go back out and do what we just did again, which is tough right. because coming out of first place, you get this huge tar- coming out of semis in first place, you get a target on your back typically. And, and what happens is this year we competed on Friday and then on Saturday. So these teams had 12 hours to look at our routine and see why we were where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives them 12 hours to say, okay, let's make adjustments here and there. And then they can come back and it's a whole new team for them, you know? So yeah. that's kind of a fear for us, but at the same time, we knew we were that far ahead. And again, that, that timeout, I will say had won it for us that the, the song coming on and the, the momentum they had going into that last element, it's, it was untouchable. It really was, but we were worried there for a second, just because some of those teams were, they're good. You know, Northwestern looked really good this year, but not good enough. There you go. There you go. Um, so when dance won the national championship, they got a banner in the UC. I assume you guys will too, but I think, and I'm going to make the pitch to, to Jay on this. You guys are everywhere. You should just get a banner in every building. <laughs> Every facility, right? Right, because you're just, you're everywhere. You don't have a home. Pitch that to Jay. Let me see how that goes. Right. He's got to make it happen. Yeah, he, he would. He would if he wanted to. But <laughs> that's where we practice. That's where we do all our showcases for nationals. So that's where we feel like that's home for us, you know. There you go. Catherine, thank you so much. Congratulations. Awesome to have another national champion in Hammond, America. Congratulations and thank you so much for the time today. John, thanks for thank you really for thinking about us. That that meant, meant a lot. Always, always. Thank you so much. Huge, huge, huge thanks to Catherine Lawrence. She was phenomenal. A wealth of knowledge and just you know what? I've I've learned in media half of the relationships you build. And even when I was a student at Southeastern, it makes covering someone so much more fun when they appreciate it. And it's the same thing, you know, vice versa. I appreciate everyone who listens to everything. You know, people just... So Catherine was super thankful. And for that, I'm thankful. And I'm so happy for Southeastern Cheer really, really cool to just get our name out there and to be able to hang another banner. We need more banners. I think at some point we just start hanging banners for like a win on like January 26th. Like we beat this team on like for every day of the year, we have a banner, right?
right? And we just put like every win we've got on that banner for that year. That way you just have like 365 extra banners to show recruits. Maybe make the font like super small so they can't like see that it is just like a date that you're hanging a banner for. They're just going to look up there and see the banners. Like, oh my gosh, that is a lot of banners. Just saying, something to think about. We wrap up the show today by congratulating our GOAT, our friend. He has been, he's he, he great dude. Never big-timed anybody, just a good dude. And I think that that pays off, and that's why he is so loved in this area. Cole Kelly signing to the United States Football League's Memphis Showboats. Cole is a showboat. He's showboating. I think that describes Cole pretty well. Showboating. I don't even know, like, what's, like, the most out-there celebration Cole did? Did he spike it ever? I wonder if he ever spiked the football. I don't think he did. He's a, he's a hand the ball to the ref, this is what I'm doing today kind of guy. I'm just so happy for Cole. I think everyone is at Southeastern. When he didn't get drafted, I was shocked because he's so accurate with the football. And, and then he's 6'7". You can't coach 6'7". Everybody's looking for this prototypical quarterback, and he's 6'7". What more do you want? And then he's so accurate on top of that. And then he dominated his level of football. He has big-time football experience at Arkansas. I don't get it. I don't know what anyone's looking for. And then when he got signed by Washington, I thought for sure he was going to make it to the preseason and play. When he got released as fast as he did, I was shocked. And I'm now shocked that he's taken this long. I mean, quarterback, how did he not get on a practice squad? I don't understand. But I am happy. And I'm happy that he's going to go to a league where he should get a chance. He's going to get his shot, you know? He's going to get his chance to shine in the USFL. It's going to be tough to get that starting job from Jordan Tiamu, who uh, played at Ole Miss and was really good in the XFL before it got shut down. He was in the league last year with a different team. And then um, Brady Robinson from Memphis is there too. I think Cole has a chance to be the backup, a very real chance to be the backup and make that team. Um, But that said, you know, I'm just happy he's getting a shot. And also I can't believe a CFL team didn't call him because in the CFL, they do on like third down, which is fourth down in CFL, the quarterback sneak, they have quarterbacks who literally that's their only job is to come in on quarterback sneaks. Like every team has a specific quarterback sneak guy. I need to talk to Isaac Adiemi Berglund about that. Um, who's with the Calgary Stampeders. Um, Cole's rights are actually owned by Calgary um, if he ever decides to go to the CFL. Uh, I couldn't believe he didn't get a shot there. But he didn't. And now he's in the USFL. I got to get my jersey once he gets his number. I'm just super, super happy for him. So Cole, congratulations if you're listening. Uh, Congratulations. If you're not, we want to have you on the show soon. Anyway, that's our show. Again, huge thanks to Catherine Lawrence. Uh, for her time today and uh we will see you on tuesday to talk about saturday's games be sure to follow us on twitter at the state of slu on instagram at the state of slu and visit our website www.thestateofslu.com it's lying up over everything this is the state of southeastern